Hi there, everyone. Sarah Hanchar here with Hi, I Think You're Nice. I have a special episode for you today. Sad news. Um, my little Pekingese, my stinky angel baby, my companion of 14 years, the inspiration for the Hi, I Think You're Nice logo, my darling Luca, passed away on Saturday. I am, of course, very, very sad and, um, well, I'm super devastated, to be totally honest. That being said, um, I wasn't able to <laughs> edit a full episode for you today, and I, for that I apologize, because I, I do like giving you a new episode every single week. I love putting them together, I love sharing them with you, but I was just a little too bummed, and to show myself some compassion um, for the mourning process of my darling stinky angel baby, I decided to do something special. So today... This episode is all about Luca. This is all about my funny little, again, I'm going to call her Angel Stinky Baby a million times because that's one of her 7,000 names that she has. So yeah, so I'm going to be talking about Luca, um, and I hope you enjoy that. If that's not what you're looking for this time around, no big deal. All the stories are nice, pleasant, kind, and funny. I hope you enjoy them, and it really, it's so nice to talk about her. It feels really, really good to talk about her. So the, I know there are people out there who have lost uh, their dear pets, and uh, it's significant. It's a significant loss, and I'm recognizing that, and I'm validating that for anybody out there who also might be kind of going through that, has gone through that, maybe feels silly for being so sad about their losing their companion, but there's nothing to feel silly about. It's okay to feel this sadness, and it's okay to find the joy and remember the wonderful relationship and times that you had with your pet, which is what I'm going to do with this very special episode of Hi, I Think You're Nice, the Luca edition. Thanks. Who's the littlest Pekingese, the tiniest, babyest Pekingese? She doesn't have ticks and she doesn't have fleas. She's Luca the Pekingese. Well, of course I have a theme song for my Pekingese. Who wouldn't? Who doesn't make a song for their dog? No? Anybody else? Come on. I know you do. Either you've written a song or you put their name to a song. I know you do, because I can't be alone in that. I am excited to talk to you about the journey of Luca Tidbit Hanchar O'Neill, born in New Mexico, the summer of 2004. Before we get started on the story of Luca, I think it's important that I talk about the origin story of the Luca voice. Uh, some of my friends, actually a lot of my friends, actually if you've spoken to me longer than 30 seconds, you know that I had a Pekingese and she talked like this, of course. And <laughs> so I want to talk about the origin story because that in itself is kind of a funny story. I was studying in Italy, having a wonderful time. My friend Eric and I were on the train. We're going to Pisa. And there are these uh, American girls and they're going to Lucca, the, t the city of Lucca, because they wanted to go shopping from what I overheard from their extremely loud conversation. And they were speaking to, I don't know if it was another person on the train or someone who worked on the train but they said, um, excuse me, is this Luca? And obviously, being the snobs that I, I was, that Eric and I were, uh, we're like, Ex who says excuse me? Either say scusi or say excuse me. <laughs> like, excuse me. Anyway, wasn't our kindest moment, perhaps. But then that embodied the Luca girl voice. So anytime 
uh, throughout the rest of the trip, Eric would say, well, what would Luca girl say about this? Well, she would, uh, I want to go shopping. Where are my shoes? Can we get martinis there? So anyway, it evolved into this <laughs> new voice, into this new character and persona. Get home from Italy. Uh, going back to college, and I, I decided that I really want to adopt a puppy. I really want to get a small dog in my life to be my companion. Because, you know, uh, kids in college, kids not in college, hey, just 20-year-olds in general, it's wonky and weird out there, right? So I really wanted to get myself a little companion that I could take with me. I knew that I'd be traveling a lot, hopefully, for my career and for my life. So I wanted a little tiny baby angel just to, to be my buddy and to, to help me out. And, of course, to love, dress up, snuggle, and hold like a baby. I found Luca. I found my this little pile of Pekingese dogs. And by pile, I mean there were three of them, but they were all laying together, snoring, and they were quiet, and they were sweet, and they had little squishy faces and big googly eyes and initially I picked up Luca's brother he was um he was black he had beautiful black fur and I thought oh maybe I should get this guy because <laughs> most of the clothing I clothing I wore at the time was black so I'm like oh cool so no one will see how covered in fur I am but we didn't we didn't connect you know what I mean right we didn't connect so and then I held Luca and bing bang boom that little Pekingese had me. Oh my goodness. I I couldn't wait to take her home and to love her forever. So I took Luca home. There she was, Santa Fe, New Mexico, with me and my roommate at the time, Melissa. Melissa liked to give Luca what's known as a puppy swirly. Don't worry, it's nothing bad. She would just spin Luca in a little circle <laughs> when she was laying uh, down. You know what I mean? Just like a quick whoop. Uh, I should mention, Luca never got above 12 pounds. She always stayed pretty tiny. But when I first brought her home, when I first brought her to to our house, oh my goodness, guys, she was so cute, teeny and tiny. She only weighed two and a half pounds. That's so little. And the leash I had purchased for her was too big. It was too big and it was too heavy. So I had to use a piece of yarn. A little string of yarn is what I used for her leash. And because Luca was so quiet, she would end up like under the couch or just in weird places. I'm like, where's the baby? <laughs> so I uh, put a little cat bell on her so that way I could find her. And we lived very happily in Santa Fe for uh, almost a year. I brought her to classes. I brought her to bars. I brought her to restaurants. If Luca couldn't go, I didn't go. Luca and I were one in the same. She was a wonderful traveler. We drove across the country from Santa Fe to Chicago, Chicago to Orlando, Orlando to Seattle. She's been on so many airplanes. She was never an emotional support pet, although she really did help me, uh, mostly because instead of being anxious about the flight, I was just anxious about her care and comfort. So it changed where my anxiety went. And for me, that was better. Now we're on to the Chicago years. We were in Chicago for about two years. The first year I lived in a high rise in Bucktown, um, in case you happen to know where that is. I lived on the 32nd floor. And one morning, Luca got on the elevator without me. 
I had pressed the called the elevator, pressed the button, realized I'd forgotten something in the apartment or needed to lock the door or something, and I was closing the door and Luca was on the elevator just sitting there looking at me. Okay, I'm ready to go outside. And ding, the doors close and her little she turns out okay, guys. Um her little <laughs> The little leash goes and I see it and I'm pressing the button to call it back. I'm screaming. I'm wailing. I'm trying to pry the door open like an animal and I'm freaking out. I call the front doorman, Charlie. I remember Charlie. I will remember Charlie until the day I die. So I call Charlie. I'm like, ah, my Luca, she's on the elevator without me. Ah, help me. And uh, probably, I don't know, 90 seconds later, otherwise known as eternity, uh, the building manager comes up holding Luca like, I don't know what to say, sort of, he's kind of like disgusted by her. Like, ugh, did you leave this on the, is this yours? <laughs> I, of course, don't care how he's holding her. I'm just so glad that she is safe. She's okay. And I hold her to my bosom and I cry. I weep and wail and I'm rocking back and forth. Um, but everyone who lived on the 32nd floor kind of knew me. So they knew what the drill was. This was just another Tuesday. She loved Chicago. There was a park we loved to go to when we lived in Bucktown. It was right by Navy Pier called Olive Park. And it wasn't technically an off-leash dog park, but a few people with small dogs, we'd let our dogs, you know, off in the corner and they'd run around. And um, But we had to stop going there for a while. And if you get grossed out easily, you may want to skip ahead a little bit. So... There were these geese, just geese, geese, geese. So besides the fact that geese can be pretty aggressive and a little bit scary, um, they pooped everywhere. Just all the goose poop in the whole wide world. And to Luca, they were treat dispensers. Oh my God, did she love goose poop. She ate it like Cheetos. Just, and all the dogs did. It was, uh, it makes me want to throw up just thinking about it. It was so gross. So we had to stop going to Olive Park for about... I don't know, th three weeks or so until the geese stopped <laughs> going there and pooping there because everyone's dog was making them grossed out. And I do not think you're supposed to eat that much goose poop. Oh, this is funny. When we lived in Santa Fe, I was lucky enough to have a backyard. So I just let Luca out in the backyard and I take her on walks and all these things. But it's pretty sprawling, pretty open. It may be deserty, but lots of places uh, for a small dog to go potty. And in Chicago, we were in the heart of the city the first year I was there. So not as many parks, not as many grassy patches for, for Luca to go potty. And sometimes, you know, when it's midnight and you're in your 20s and you're alone and you're in the city, you don't want to go real far <laughs> to to take care of your baby. So, But I knew she had to go potty, so I would occasionally lift her up and put her in a planter and then she'd pee in the planter and then I would set her back down on the ground. I am not saying that is the right thing to do. I am just saying that's something I used to do. <laughs> oh, gosh. I also want to talk about Luca's time in Pennsylvania. Boy, this really is just a voyage of Luca. So I, I live in, I'm from Pennsylvania originally, and when I would bring Luca with me to the house on the hill in central PA in Belfont, there was lots of land. We live on 54 acres right next to a forest. It's gorgeous and lovely, and Luca loved it. Now, for being a teeny tiny uh, prissy dog that was only meant for royalty and fancy stuff, she loved going outside. 
She loved running around outside. She didn't care if it was raining or snowing. I swear she walked through every puddle on purpose, and being so fluffy, she just absorbed it all like a sponge, and hence why I often refer to her as my stinky baby. So in Pennsylvania, we would go on nice long walks, go all the way to the tree line. My mom would walk her. I would walk her. She had free reign. We would keep pretty close to her because I was afraid that a hawk might like swoop down and grab her. Uh, Brittany has since told me that Luca was a little bit too big to be... Uh, worry about hawks grabbing her. So that was some ease off my mind. However, I'm a nervous Nelly, so I kept I kept right beside her. But sometimes, now she, being little, especially in her younger days, she could get away from you. Like she would just, just be on the hunt for who knows what, smelling whatever her little squishy nose could smell. And she'd get pretty far away. So I'd call my mom on the phone. And I'm like, hey, mom, can can you get Luca? So my mom would come out of the front door. I'm sorry. It's just such a great image. Okay. 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 So she'd come out of the front door on the uh, patio and yell, bacon, bacon, Luca, bacon. And it worked. It worked like a charm. Luca would get, it would catch her, Luca's attention. She'd turn around and run straight home. She'd be home quicker than I would because she has four legs. And even though they're tiny, she ran real fast. So she's, <laughs> oh gosh. I recommend just putting that in your old noggin and thinking about that. Once again, celebrating the weird things that we do for the people and creatures we love, Right. That did that did that mean I stopped taking her out? No. <laughs> did my mom ever not scream bacon out the front door? No. <laughs> That's what you do. Suffice it to say, Luca loved going to grandma and grandpa's in Pennsylvania because oh, not only did she get to roam around, get bacon treats all the time, but she always sat right next to my dad. Why? Because he was an easy mark. Now Due to her very sensitive tum-tum, there was a rule, no table food. Um, but my dad, being the gentle soul that he is and can't stand to see an animal quote-unquote suffering, and by suffering I mean not getting human food, uh, he would sometimes accidentally drop food for her. After Chicago, Luca and I lived in the Orlando area for eight years. She lived a, a sweet life. Uh, I wish she would. I wish I could say she was a better hunter regarding getting uh, cockroaches and stuff. She uh, did not care. So I guess I should have learned from her example and to learn that I shouldn't have cared either. But I did. Uh, she did like the little lizards that ran around, though. We both did. They were fun to to look at and to chase after. She never got any because she's. Although the mighty warrior in her heart, she was um, a little bit slow and soft <laughs> in her just little tiny mouth. Ooh, now this is where Patrick enters the picture. She meets him and she likes him. This is saying something because Luca does not take kindly to gentlemen folk, or at least at the time. Uh, she was still pretty protective of me and didn't like a lot of strangers. Uh, stranger danger all the way with my little girl. And but yeah. She liked him right off the bat, which is really saying something. And uh, just a few years later, we were married. But it's true, we were. 
we loved our time in Orlando together as our little family of it was me, Patrick, and Luca. And then eventually we adopted another sweet boy, Horatio, the Horatio Wonder Mutt, my sweet monster boy. Um, yes. Now, Luca did not take this particularly well. She was used to being the only child and getting everything, and she still got everything. She just wasn't the only child anymore. The thing that springs to mind regarding Luca's time in Orlando is that she would often run upstairs and go potty. So we put up what we call the Luca barrier. Would you like to guess what the Luca barrier was? If you guessed two pillows, you're right. <laughs> it's just two pillows to keep her from going upstairs. <laughs> yeah, that was all it took because she's, you see, she's little, remember? Just a tiny baby. Eventually, it came time for us to move to Seattle. So we were saying goodbye to Orlando, and because I had two wonderful dogs, Luca I could have flown with to Seattle, but Horatio was too big to fly, and I didn't want to put him underneath of the airplane. So we decided, by we, I mean me, my mom, Luca, and Horatio, we thought, you know what, let's drive a cross-country. Won't that be fun? Now, it was fun. We have done it before. Mom and I have driven across country a number of times in various ways. I've done it by myself. I've done it with with the dog. It just, I, I genuinely, genuinely enjoy long haul driving. I think it's really fun and enriching. Luca, as you can guess, was perfect. Just perfect. She laid on her little bed. She snored. She was calm. She knew what the deal was. We got into a hotel. She just needed to lay down on a bed. She was fine. Horatio needed to learn from his older sister because he was so neurotic. He whined the entire time. But Sarah, isn't that a 3,000-mile journey? Uh, yes, listener, it is. So for 3,000 miles, I heard my Horatio darling boy whine. We all got to Seattle safely. Sadly, my mom did get pretty sick. It was like the Oregon Trail there for a while, um, but she's okay. And we all got to Seattle okay. And this place is where Luca spent her twilight years and enjoyed the comforts of 7,000 beds, of a lot of friends, dog parks constantly. There are so many dog parks here. Eventually, we got a house. So for the last two years, she got to enjoy being in a home, again, with 7,000 beds and a backyard that was all for her. And she could bask in the sunshine. She could. She did so much basking. Gosh, she loved to bask. And she was really good at it. And she'd stretch out and snort and snuffle. And, oh my goodness, I haven't even talked about snuffling. You guys, she loved to snuffle. Do you know what I mean by that? She would dig and dig and dig and rub her eye goo everywhere and just snorfle and snuffle and make the cutest little weird noises. I almost called her, I almost named her R2-D2 because of the weird noises that she made. Just constant beeping, booping and wonderful little noises. And she had the best snore. Best snore ever. You know, to help evoke relaxation and like in massage places or whatever, they'll put on a whale song or classical music or, or something to that effect. All I needed was Luca's snores. They were so soothing. They were even. They were like listening to the ocean. Just the best noises ever. Now, sometimes, even though she was tiny, she somehow 
could snore like a full-grown, beefy dude, like lumberjack, sawn logs, snore. And Patrick <laughs> would wake her up by just gently saying, Luca, Luca, and that would wake her up just enough so she'd stop snoring. I, however, love, love, love the snoring. I think it's time now to sign off for this special episode, the Luca edition. I want to thank you so, so much for being here, and I hope you've enjoyed some of these stories. I have 10,000 more. As soon as I release this, I'm sure I'm going to think, oh man, there are like 10,000 stories I should have told, like how Luca always had a lion haircut for the summer. It was her summer do, and she looked awesome in it, and that she really hated puppies, like really hated puppies. She was always kind of curmudgeon like, ugh, get out of here, go lay down, go take a nap. You know, she wanted quiet, peaceful, alone time, which I totally get, which I think is why we were soulmates, if you will. Oh, real quick, uh, anytime I was really sad, she would walk on me. When I would cry, she would walk on me, not quite knowing what to do, but that that's exactly what I needed. <sighs> she always laid on anything that was a pillow or a different square of carpet or like if you put down a towel just a towel on the floor she'd lay on it or I have a scarf that I love to wear and she if I lived on the floor Luca would be on it she liked to lay on anything because she was my little princess who always had to be on a pillow I believe her Instagram tag was hashtag always on a pillow at one point when my friend Annie and I were living together and we were completely obsessed with Avatar The Last Airbender, the cartoon series, not the movie, we put a little arrow on Luca and pretended that she was a teeny tiny sky bison. And we said yip yip and pretended that she could fly. Luca had the amazing ability to, to take people who did not like little dogs and make them like little dogs. Or even friends who didn't like dogs at all, period, but really liked Luca. She really was the perfect dog for me. She was my perfect companion. And I am infinitely grateful for the time that we had together. Like I said, we had 14 and a half years. I loved her with all my heart and gave her everything that I could. And she, she gave me everything. I mean, how could she not? She was the perfect Pekingese. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, friends and family who have been really supportive during this really sad bummer time. And of course, thank you for my Luca. At the end of the episode, I have a small clip of her snoring. Because yes, I am a crazy person who recorded her snoring. Because I love it. And I knew one day I would miss it. So I hope you enjoy it just as much as I do. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Mm-hmm. <laughs>